0: always feel like somebody hey yeah yeah richard it's bronze and modern gods i'm john i'm richard happy halloween week
1: right yeah, tomorrow's
0: yeah. halloween uh follow us on facebook and instagram at bronze and modern gods if you're watching this on youtube hit like hit subscribe uh, you know we've got all the usual stuff this week uh, it's not a big week in terms of comic book news has it no no it's been quiet but we have uh lots of comic talk for you with some viewer mail underrated books of the week and we've got our hot book of the week ah, literally nova hot <laughs> get it uh it's fantastic four number 244 richard you have a soft spot in your cold dead heart for this one mm-hmm. do you not i do i i love john Byrne stuff
1: uh especially his fantastic four run And this book god um Frankie Ray becomes the new Nova, new herald of Galactus. Galactus comes close to death over and over at the hands of Reed Richards.
0: (laughs) It's hilarious. Uh, It's
1: like kryptonite to him.
0: Well, you know, Richard Richard Reed Richards saves Galactus in this storyline. Remember, Um, you know, he's he's hungry guy. He has to uh, keep eating. Lots of rumors going around this week that the upcoming Fantastic Four movie would feature a female herald. I don't know how I feel about these rumors. Um, mm-hmm. Why, if you are working on this movie, would you leak that piece of information? Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: why would you start with any other herald than Silver Surfer? I, I, I it doesn't make any sense to me. You, you lead with you know, with the, you know the first string. Later on, you can expand upon the topic of Harold and and do um, people like
0: Frankie Ray, but you know not not right out of the gate unsourced rumors credited to clickbait sites since when has that ever stopped a speculator richard um, not
1: a single time
0: high grade copies of uh fantastic Four Two 244 are selling on ebay for 10 to 40 bucks the 90 day gpa average for a cgc 9.8 is 328 which is actually down a bit but the good news with this speculation it's actually a good read this is yeah. a a fantastic run get it Wink, wink. <laughs> it is
1: it's one of Byrne's best work i think if you haven't read it please go out and pick it up
0: i don't know best uh fantastic run fantastic four run outside of lee and kirby yeah yeah, yeah. i would say so i can't think of another run that uh comes close maybe walt simonson's run when he was writing it mm-hmm. maybe. maybe uh what do you guys think what is your favorite fantastic four run that is not lee and kirby sure everyone's gonna hit the compass and go burn 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 burn, burn. <laughs> richard you had a uh milestone this past weekend you set up for your very first comic book convention as a dealer i did i did i got to see the other side of the
1: of the table um forest and i uh went to the Lorraine county comic con and set up a table uh is just a, a small little six foot eight foot table however long it is um, I brought on a number of short boxes and I brought some slabs, mainly I bought, I brought $5 books, you know, just trying to blow stuff out. I did bring some, uh, you know, 10 to $70 books as well, but most of them were $5 books. And I brought some wall books too, just, uh, just to kind of put them up there and trying to draw attention and, conversation. So, uh, it was a good show. Yeah. Anybody, uh, come by and say hi from, uh, the viewership or, yeah, I had a couple of people who recognized me and and were, you know, I had a couple of people come up and said they hadn't heard about the show until we talked about it last week. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was nice. It was uh it was everyone was friendly. Uh all the dealers were extra super friendly. Um there they weren't that a lot. There there is a total of 10, 9 eight or nine dealers. It was not a huge show. This show was really is put on in a community center in a small town. Yeah. And um The the venue was free. All you had to do was donate some uh, foodstuffs uh, to the pantry, and uh, you were able to set up a table. So we got the last table that was available set up in the in the corner, and um, you know just had the books out and we're talking to people as they're passing by.
0: Did you buy anything? Did you?
1: i was good i was there to sell it seemed to be counterproductive to be trying to get rid of books at the same time i'm picking them up We can't help
0: ourselves though
1: i know i i looked at some books um there was a gentleman who was selling um a, a golden record reprint fantastic four number one that Forrest and i were both kind of eyeing uh it was signed by stan lee it was a 6.0 i, I don't have any stanley books and if i was going to get a signed stanley book Fantastic Four number one is probably high on my list, even you know, even as a golden record reprint. But he wanted thirty five hundred dollars for it, which is a little bit more than I thought it I would be willing to pay. Yellow label slab? Yep. Wow. Yep, six 0, yellow label.
0: Was it uh legible, Stanley or Stanley the final years? <laughs> one?
1: Yeah. Forrest and I debated that too. It was a legible one. It looked like something that was um he was in his faculties. At okay. the time he did the signature, which is something you got to be concerned about because you don't want to profit off of some man's, uh, you know, misfortune, but yeah. I, it it, lo- it looked legible to me and that wasn't a concern more, more about the price. I $3,500 for a six zero when I already have a nine, six, it's not, not signed though. Yeah. Um, it makes it difficult for me to, to just pull that trigger on a, on a random purchase you know, it was really one of those targets of opportunities. There are a lot of targets of opportunities. People had, you know, the dealers had uh, books up on the wall. Um, there was a lot of variety. The problem is, and I talked to a number of dealers, and then we saw ourselves, for uh, Forrest only sold a th- three, maybe four raw books off the wall. I didn't sell anything. Uh, I had a number of books up there. I had them priced really, really well, too. I had a, a, a Wolverine number one I had priced for the 9, 9.8 for I think it was 600 or 550. I can't remember which is 150 under what the GPA currently is. And I would have I would have dealt and you know, if somebody had made an offer, I would have considered it but no one said anything I had, I had no people come up and making offers to me the entire night. They were buying out of uh, the bins. You know, I had they were, had a number of people buying a number of $5 books and some people are buying $10 $15 books I had one person buy a $75 book that was uh, the, the top that I sold. But that was it. You know, there was no there were no big books being sold that I saw. Now, now I, this this is a small show, so I can understand that. But I I didn't see any real interest in any any big books. I had Transformers number one up on the wall that I was trying to sell on nine point eight. You know, people were looking at it and, and and saying ooh ah, but no one wanted me to pull it off the wall. So yeah,
0: it, it, from the footage we're looking at here, uh, it, it looks like it was more of a. Uh, I don't know, I, I call them civilian shows, you know, where it's not really hardcore comic collectors that spend hundreds and thousands of dollars. It's more like bring the kids, let them dig through the dollar bins. It, did you get that vibe?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely was a smaller town. You know, I've, I've been in the area at shows for the past three or four years, four, you know, four or five years now, boy. And you get to know the people who are the serious dealers, you know, we've got people like Nico, uh, who's out there sh- hunting. Um, and so, you know, you know when you see him, then, you know there's 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 deals being made. Yeah. Um. None. No. No. No one like that. I. I saw at the show. It was it was a lot of a lot of kids. Um. By kids, I mean people in their twenties. <laughs> <laughs> but there were also a lot of older people. People are showing up and they had their list. I there it was a lovely couple. Um, a man and, uh, his wife who were, uh, they both had lists of going, going through his list of books, what he was looking for. And they were specifically looking for, uh, certain issues. Um, and there's, you know, there are people like that, but I didn't see anybody who was, I would consider a speculator or someone who was looking at the big picture in terms of comic purchases. So what do you think?
0: You're going to do it again?
1: Uh, well, all told, I, I, I cleared about 620 ish dollars. Um, which was not, not bad for, for an afternoon. You know, we were there from 10 to five, um, got to, got to talk to a lot of dealer friends that, uh, there that I've made over the years, you know, like, like big Al and, and Chuck and Eric from, uh, comics Argo And, and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of that social aspect of it, which I really enjoyed. Um, they were all teasing me about being, you know, I'm, I'm one of them now being behind the counter, um. But I, yeah, I would do it again. I would probably do a you know a bigger venue. This was just a this was a nice first um, yeah. first run. You know, Dip your first, toe
0: in, get yeah, know, right. Learn how to look for shoplifters. <laughs> I,
1: I didn't I didn't feel that stress, but yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, dealing with money was interesting. It was it it was interesting. Certain people uh, were talking about how some of the dealers just didn't deal with digital. You know, it was either cash or nothing. Um, i i was the opposite if if you can transfer any form of currency to my form of currency i'm happy i got venmo paypal cash app
0: you know physical money is disgusting what year is this
1: Yeah, yeah yeah you know i understand some people are reluctant there's 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 transactional fees that are involved in dealing with digital money that 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 is the case but the simple fact that i don't have to deal i don't have to walk around with a big wad of money Right. Um, you know, leaving a show because it's all you know digitally transferred to me—that's you know that's a huge plus, and um, it's it just is a cleaner way of doing transactions. I, I brought cash, and I'd had some deal- people who who were dealing cash, and that's fine. But you know, a, a lot of people were willing to or were had preferred to deal with digital money because you know they didn't want to carry
0: you know dirty paper around with them. No, I'm with them. Well, well cool, uh, excellent. Uh, good to hear. Thanks for grabbing the footage. Mm-hmm. All right, well, since you didn't uh spend any money at this show, Richard, uh, you still have some show and tell though, right? I do, I do. All right, let's get to it. Show and tell. I have a little bit of a theme this week since we've been talking about it so much. Uh, true crime and horror. How's wow. that? Uh, I been still organizing still digging in the collection let's start with some uh simon and kirby goodness headline comics number 45 from the 40s look that cop is stopping these mobsters from picking on the poor blind hobo <laughs> wow bro, well, he can't get more
1: charged than that
0: look at this uh, kirby uh the exaggeration of the cop how skinny and gangly he is that's you know uh that kirby style of that late 40s early 50s when he was doing that uh there's a book called the black rider where he uh mm-hmm. drew the whole thing in kind of this style as well so uh just a very cool uh really nice i would say seven oh ish without yeah, nice colors on it well you know you got a rusted staple there but mm-hmm. the book is from
1: the 40s so it's kind of hard. yeah not. Yeah, yeah
0: what are you going to do what's your uh first show of until-
1: um, well, this is a, this is a stupid cheap book. This is um, Wolverine number fifty. Yeah. Um, I, I you know I picked this book up. you know, you see the five dollars sticker on in, it. It's inexpensive, but I love it. For those who don't know, the cover is die cut, so the claws are actually in the cut out of the cover, and you can see the first page through there. I you know this back in the nineties, that gimmick was overplayed, <laughs> but I really like this book. This is a great book. And you can pick it up cheap and you talk about, it's not necessarily a key, but it it is a very recognizable book. And uh, for five bucks, I pick it up. You never know. I could sell it for 10 bucks, maybe in a a couple of years.
0: If you're going to do a die cut cover, that's like the character to do it with. Right. right? That's where it makes sense. Right. uh, Outside of the Marvel UK character who was actually named die cut. (laughs) (laughs) My next, uh, Uh, piece of uh, show and tell is actually a twofer i have two copies of different issues of justice traps the guilty Uh, more simon and kirby uh true crime this is number 28 yes number 28 and this one you've got a cop but cops doing something let's see um yeah they're uh counterfeiters see
1: Are they, and the counterfeiters, they attacking innocent children or something? No,
0: they're, they're, they're counterfeiting dollar bills. Lots of, is that cop punching him? Yeah. Hey, look, it's the forties man. We handled things differently. (laughs) That's why things were better in those days. Uh, (laughs) justice traps, the guilty number 34. I don't believe this is a Kirby cover. I think this is Mark Meskin or someone else. Okay. Um, but there's a, a lot, lot of airplane flying. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole story going on here. I don't even know what's happening. Uh, there's a bunch of people getting on a plane and a cop is coming after them. Uh, how far do you think you'll get Prentice with the air police of four countries looking for you? Your million dollar medicine smuggling racket is smashed.
1: Okay. I, see, I love word bubbles on covers. I, I we don't do that anymore.
0: Very high, I think is a shame. Very high concept cover. Yeah. Requires a lot of reading. (laughs) Um, So these are obviously not an image comics book. Um, (laughs) What do you got? Uh, Next one. uh, There's another
1: book that I I always pick up. I found this one uh, just recently. It's Planet Comics number one. This is the Dave Stevens cover. Um, You've got uh, two beautiful women on a rocket uh, motorcycle, it looks like. Um, this is just a gorgeous cover. I love this cover. You can still find this reasonable. I, I think I paid $80 for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful Dave Stevens cover. It's, it's um, highly sought after. So, you know, resale is never an issue. Uh, but I just collect these. I mean, I have a, a number of these at this point. I don't have any graded anymore. I used to have a 9-6 graded. Um, I don't really feel the need to get them graded right now. That's that's another conversation that we I'm should with have, <laughs> but yeah. So this is a beautiful. I know if you, if you haven't seen Dave Stevens, he, he has a very distinctive art style, um, very uh, pinup girl uh, art style, and unfortunately he passed before his time. So uh, a lot of his books are treasured, and the artwork that he has put out there is something that people find value in. What grade do you think that is? This one is probably a nine two yeah um sharp 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 corners but there's a couple flaws here that, that uh-huh. keep it from being anything higher than that
0: all right well, uh, what's your next one since you're on a roll you go ahead
1: uh next one I've got um another book I picked I picked this one up at um uh in Baltimore usagi Jimbo color special number one well, it's number one uh this is a great book um these early uh, usagi books are hard to find and gotten in, in high grade. You've got Yusagi Yojimbo on the cover, uh, and he's about to open a door full of uh, ninjas, which the ninjas really just did not like Usagi. Whoopsie. Uh, this book is easily an, 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 a 9698, which is why I picked it up. And uh, the dealer that I that I got it from had a ton of really, really high-grade books, and uh, I couldn't pass this one up, and a number of other high-grade books that we both picked up
0: yeah. at that show. I think we were... Pawing through that guy, if remembering the right we were pawing <laughs> through his boxes. Uh, Halloween is here. So I picked this especially for the holiday. It is Supernatural Thrillers number five, uh, 9.0 off white to white pages. First appearance of the living mummy. Marvel was in a Bronze Age horror mode. They'd done Dracula, they did their Frankenstein, they did a werewolf. Now it was time for the mummy uh written by Steve Gerber one who oh, we talk about a lot on this mm-hmm. show and just a fantastic cover you've got uh the mummy you've got a poor helpless female uh I believe is uh Rich Buckler and uh John Romita uh no George Tuska and John Romita oh okay. I um yeah I thought it was going to be more than a 9.0 but what do you really? got gonna... what yeah. you know what what held it back Yeah, finger bends, light finger bends to cover, fingerprints. um, Mm, I'm being somewhat facetious. Uh, Go ahead. What's your next one? um, My last book is um,
1: a book that I've been waiting on uh, for a while now. Uh, Hot Press Comics out of Australia. um, Had this available, asked me if I was interested in it. I said, absolutely. Uh, So he sent it all the way from Australia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It is Amazing Spider-Man number 5. Wow. This, this is um this is the Newton variant and uh, Newton Comics this was published in Australia and it is a reprint of Fantastic 4 number 5 with Doctor Doom and Spider-Man on the cover. Um, just a great book. I love 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 these Newton uh, books and um, I Does would love have new <laughs> Uh, no, it's it is not no no Newton rings. Um, but uh, it's an I, I didn't realize it's an odd shape book. It, it's it's um it doesn't fit in a normal bag. This is a magazine style bag that it's in right now. So I, I'm going to try to rebag it in a Golden Age bag to see if it fits there. But uh, it's got the poster. These things came with the poster and it has the poster in it. So they they did these books for a number of of um, Marvel books. You know, back in the day, there is a um, a Fantastic Four number five issue that they did that it's that's floating around out there. I would love to have, so I'm keeping an eye out for that. You just don't see him very often. You just don't see him show up on eBay very often. What is, year was that? Do you think? Seventies. Yeah, I was thinking um, mid seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's a really really sharp book. I mean, this the the condition is is really really high. Um, I am I am so stoked about it. I'm going to press and clean it, and um, set it. There's a little bit of a little spine damage here. Yeah. But still, you know, it's 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 a it's a gorgeous. The colors are amazing, and um, thanks you. Thank you again for um, making that book available. I really appreciate it.
0: Uh, Spider Man popular in Australia, I guess, because of the uh, spiders. <laughs> <laughs> well, the spiders in Australia will just kill you with one bite. By the way, a reminder to our Australian fans down there, please uh, work on those plane tickets. Uh, <laughs> for that. It would not be show and tell without the Doll man bondage cover of the week. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Doll, Doll, Doll man is tied up on the table and a guy in an iron mask is about to pistol whip him. Um, But it's the the most
0: important thing about this one. It's DC wanted the world's most dangerous villains. Number five, it's not a quality comics from the forties. It is DC reprinting an old doll man story, but even DC in the seventies knew what side doll man fan bases bread was butter.
1: (laughs) Oh, now in the okay in this comic
0: is he is he tied up? You know, I, the- have, I have to look. I haven't looked okay. in this one. I, I can tell you, just from in general, he's never tied up. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but Over, in this cover, sell you a bill of goods.
0: Yeah, but what's great is that Nick Cardy drew this cover, and even Nick Cardy was like, oh, "If I gotta draw a Doll Man cover, <laughs> better have him trust up." <laughs> like a yep. So there you go, folks. Even DC knew. <laughs> what that fan base wanted. We know what you want. It's called viewer mail. You've got mail. Let me start with a uh, first piece of viewer mail from our mailbox at bronze of modern gods at gmail.com. Comes to us from Comic Book Scavenger. Hello, John and Richard. First, I want to thank you for all the amazing content and useful knowledge you give us, the comic book lovers. You are such amazing guys. Love your friendship and chemistry. And I must say, it warms my heart when John's eyes light up talking about shops or places in Ohio, or Richard talks about watching cartoons or childhood memories. You are awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Second, I have some questions. I'm a comic book reader and collector. The order of the words are important. (laughs) From Spain. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, I'm back in the hobby after some years, and I'm amazed by the stock market culture in comic books. I see a lot of people talking about the money side of the hobby, but not the stories or their enjoyment of them. Every comic book has variant covers, foil covers, things like that that skyrocket in price, and I feel the market is saturated, or at least it must be saturated, but it stays clogged up. Didn't we learn anything about the 90s downfall? Do you think the variant craze is going strong or will common sense take control? Uh, Well, comic book scavenger, first of all, thanks for writing to us all the way from Spain. Thank you. You must be familiar with Wacom, the most popular comic book collecting app based in Barcelona. And one thing I've known from uh, dealing with Wacom and the people there, it is very different culture in Spain when it comes to comic book collecting. They are readers. We are readers. We, uh, Richard and I like to dip into the uh, stock market culture and variant covers now and then. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, there is a, there is a difference. Um, I do think it's an entirely new generation of people who have really fallen for the same things that we learned in the 90s. And despite, you know, it's like your parents, they tried to tell you when you were growing up, don't do this, don't do that. And you were like, no, I'm going to be different. I'm going to, learn for myself and oftentimes you did (laughs) whether you liked it or not um yeah yeah I I do feel for you I think there was a second part of your email where you encouraged us as opposed to having a hot book of the week or an underrated book of the week to have a segment of a book that you should read Uh Um, I think we do that with underrated books the underrated book of the week sometimes is about something that's undervalued but a lot of the times especially lately we've been focusing on underrated books that you know don't get the attention and love like uh mage or crossfire or Zot or things like that for my examples but you do a good good point you guys tell us do we need a hot book of the week anymore on the show is that a segment that anyone cares about that anyone wants, I open it to the floor.
1: Yeah, it's a very good question. There are other shows that focus on the numerical aspect of the collecting hobby. You know, this book is number one sales, this book is number one dollar value increase. And that's great. You know, there, there, there's an audience for that. And there's a followers for that. I am a follower of that. But this show isn't really that much about the, you know, the numbers, we are more about the books as uh, pieces of culture. I think. Yeah, um, you guys. So, know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know how you how, how what you feel. And yes, I, it, you know, we you ask whether or not current generation is learning about variant covers and things like that. I I think um, the culture in comic books now has been influenced by outside forces, people who are collecting because they see a potential profit. And um, that has driven up the prices significantly. I mean, the, the pandemic and the extra money people had on hand uh, uh, accounted for that. I think those people who were speculating and who were investing in it as a uh, a profit center, I, I think they're they're less interested in that now, now that the MCU is not driving prices up like the way it was for a number number of years. Mm-hmm. And so I think the prices are settling down. Um, Marvel and DC, though, you know, they saw fat... Fat cows, and they printed eighty different copies. Um, you know, Detective Comics one thousand had eighty covers. Um, Spider-Man nine hundred had eighty covers. Collect like, them all. Collect them all. You know, they're 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 trying to uh, uh, appease or appeal to those people who were were speculating on that. Um, and as long as people continue to buy enough of those covers to make it viable for Marvel and DC, they'll continue to do it. Yep. So I think we need to vote with our with our, um, with our wallets, if that's not something that we want to see.
0: Before we get to your first piece of viewer mail, I have something very important. Um, mm-hmm. is that Tinkerballs I hear in the background playing. <laughs> yes. Tinker Tinkerballs is
1: laying on the couch, um, or in the, uh, here he's, he's, uh, he's,
0: he's not within, uh, grabbing. Uh, no, he's not. He's, he's all right. Know. Hey, I tried people. I tried to get you. <laughs> all right. What's your first piece of viewer mail?
1: Uh, My first piece of email is from a YouTube commenter, uh, uh, Lee LeeErin3706. Lee Nearen, he's a friend of the show. Um, Hey, guys. Great show, as always. Thank you. So, Richard, I understand from the episode that you will be setting up a small comic book show to unload some books. I, too, am preparing to sell at a local show here in New Jersey. I have a question, which uh, I am vacillating back and forth over. Should I separate my books by price, for example, $1 boxes, $2 boxes, $3 boxes? Um, why should I sell them uh, by title uh, and keep all the spider man together, all the Alpha Flight together, uh, all the X-Men together, etc.? I'm not sure which way is better to go and could use some advice. Um, thank you so much, and good luck when you set up. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. It's funny, john, john and I were talking about this, uh, before. this conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, you, you know, when you're selling dollar books, and you're, it depends on the audience, if, if the audience are a bunch of people who um, john calls them civilians. <laughs> people, you know, you come with your kids, you're you're at the show for the kids, and you're the kids want to see the funcos and you're walking by and you see the comics. And it's, you know, you're, you're not driven by this comic book culture that we just talked about. Um, it's it helps facilitate you looking at books if at the front of the box, it says Batman, and uh, Batman, you know, all books $1 and or Spider Man, all books $1 and you have a little picture of Batman or Spider Man or because you know that, you know, those characters are the characters that, you know, are the prevailing characters in the in uh, the media right now. So you get a lot of walkthrough traffic, you get a lot of parents with kids. Kids will see Spider-Man picture and we'll point and then the you know the parents will see the books are only a buck. So they'll buy a few books for the kids. So there's a lot of there's a lot of incentive to grouping the books in an easy to digest way for um, the audience in that case, because they want Spider-Man. They don't, they don't necessarily uh care what Spider-Man book it is. You know, if you're buying books for your kids, um, it's pretty it's pretty safe bet that, you know, you can give them a Spider-Man book. Um, the, you know, the alternative is having all the books, you know, here's just a random book of, of a dollar book, dollar, uh, comics and people can, well, we'll rifle through that, but you know, it, it may not be as appealing to those casual people who are walking by that you may be wanting to draw their attention. So it depends on the audience. If it's, if it's that casual stuff, you, you know, you may benefit from doing them that way. Um, me, what I did. Uh, I, did, I did none of my uh, examples that I'm talking here. I had a whole series of, I had three boxes that were just green stickers. I put green stickers on the back of my books to identify them as mine because I'm sharing a booth with with another person. So there, any sticker, any book that had a green sticker on the back was five bucks. Um, then I had a special box that had numbers written in that green circle to indicate the price, you know, or $10, $20, whatever um and i had them that way and that's that's kind of how i had them laid out um and i had a one big but one box of slabs all inexpensive slabs i mean down to like 35 dollars uh, and people picked through those and they you know they saw things they liked they, they they bought them but you know i think it could have been more effective if we did organize them in that way that i was talking about and having the the individual character a whole box of books related to that character
0: uh i'm just me i'm not you guys uh here's how i go through boxes when i'm at a show as a buyer the more granular you have things separated out the more likely i am to go through your boxes and look through stuff so if you have war in one big section i'm going to go to the war section and then i'm going to go over to the teen section and look for my patsy walkers and my millies or whatever uh it's even better if it's golden age war oh now we're really talking okay i'm gonna go there where i get stuck and it's kind of like going to amoeba records here in uh la the world's largest record store you go in it's a through z uh, i don't even know where to start do i go to the d's for doll man uh but if you have Dollman bondage covers separate It's going to make it a lot easier. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. It's, it's all about reducing friction, right? So, um, the easier it is for people to find something, the the more likely they'll find it. And, uh, the more likely they'll buy it
0: from our email at bronze and modern gods at gmail.com from Sean Schreiner. He writes, hello, John and Richard. Hello, Sean. Hey, thank you for always putting out such entertaining episodes. I always look forward to watching them each week. I have a friend who has self published a comic. He put out the first four issues of six, and then the pandemic hit, and he didn't get the last two out because of money getting tight. He just recently ran a successfully funded Kickstarter campaign to finish out the series and put it all into a trade paperback. I would love to get him a graded first issue of his book as a congratulations present for when his trade releases. It's not going to be a surprise if he watches this show, Sean. <laughs> i think that would be a really cool keepsake and that brings me to my question do you know of cgc grades self-published comics i haven't been able to find any information on that topic thank you and keep being awesome sean s thank you sean you keep being awesome too um, we can't help it up uh, the <laughs> answer to your question is that is a great question it I is a great question that. Yeah, right um
1: maybe this account to be published because i've i've seen kickstarter books um that cgc does grade i i Mm -hmm. um i have for example um there's a unicorn um book i can't remember the name of it that was self-published that is is gradable so but
0: i don't know the specifics it defines self-published too because you know you've got the great power comics uh uh, company who reprints really vanity press books from the eighties that, you know, were done by kids in their basement. And then somehow they got enough money to publish something. They'll grade those. They'll slab those. I would venture to say yes. You guys in the comments, tell me mm-hmm. what you think. I think the easiest way, Sean, is for you to call one eight 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 nm comic I believe that's the phone number to CGC. Mm-hmm. Call me, go to their site and ask customer service. I'm sure they will be i uh, completely confused by the question.
1: <laughs> also, when you go to when you go to grade a book, you, know, the, you type in the title of the book. And if it's in the database, um, it will show up um, that you can, be,
0: also, you can add things to the database, too.
1: You can. Yes. If, if your book is not a part of the catalog, you can add the data. You can add it to the database. Uh, but I, I'm with John. I would call and ask and, and find out ahead of time uh, what. What the story is? What what's their criteria for for grading the book? I mean, I mean it's ultimately they're there to to determine the condition right. and uh, verify that it's it's um, it's a genuine book. So it's really up to them to determine what what those criteria
0: are. I can't imagine you waving a couple of twenties in their faces and them saying no.
1: Yeah, uh, companies don't make money by turning money down.
0: <laughs> piece of your mail.
1: Uh, my next piece is from a fellow YouTuber, um, Craze Collector. Uh, graphic novels are the same as comics; it's just uh, a more fancier name for adults uh, who think they are too old reading and naming it comics. Um, and this we, we talked a bit about graphic novels last week, and I and I and I kind of agree with you. I, graphic novels are just another form of comic, but I think they're more long form. I think the if if a writer goes in knowing that his particular story is going to be in a graphic novel he doesn't have to limit it to a 32 page story so he may take more time to develop it and um, expand upon things that you wouldn't necessarily do in in a a normal comic so while it is just a comic in in the standpoint it you know it's it's a story with with panels i think that stories that are written for graphic novels are, are i think more have more depth to them yeah, I mean, it gives Jim Starlin to do something like the the death of Captain Marvel. You know, you have you have a longer you have a longer format to work with.
0: There you go. Uh, my next piece of your mail is from Mark Lapuma. <laughs> uh,
1: great, people's names are coming with sound effects. That's yeah, great.
0: It's my puma. You like that? Speaking of graded labels, because we just were. Why oh why don't we have custom DC labels yet? CGC, whoever does the licensing at DC and CGC needs to finally get the contracts laid out. And get the DC labels that I, for one, would love to add to my collection. Yes, we need the special custom doll man bondage label. Uh, Mark, DC licensing is in a bit of upheaval right now. Uh, you know, I'm, um, lots of changes at Warner Discovery. Um, so, this is something I'm sure has been attempted in the past, and for some reason, they just won't approve it. Um, You've got corporate overlords now that are very tight with IP yet. Disney said, sure, go ahead, Marvel. I don't know. That's a great, it's, it, there's whenever something this big is missing, there's usually a
1: reason why. Yeah, there, there must be something out of the picture, but I, I, I think that I really think the marketing of, of these companies are just, they're not taking advantage of low hanging fruit. I mean, sure. Maybe you're having trouble getting. DC as a publishing company, but you do signature series, right? Why not have a signature series? Uh, They do it for some, I mean, they they do a,
0: uh, you know, I can't remember who was it, is that. We We don't know what the deal is with Marvel and CGC because just, you know, from the music standpoint, somebody wants to license a song yeah, they got to pony up some dollars. You guys got to give us an advance or, you know, a percentage in perpetuity of what this is going to be. Or we won't let you use it in your little trailer for your little movie. Um, I wonder if CGC got a good, uh, you know, paid Marvel and Disney a licensing fee. And DC just said, no, that's not enough. We need more money. And it's just a stale. It, it all Money. That, that makes sense, but
1: I'm talking about Peach Mamoko. Why can't they have a Peach Momoko? You know, there's no deal with Marvel or DC. It's directly with Peach. Well, they uh, have
0: John McFarlane labels. Yeah, had- they
1: yeah. right, exactly. Why why not have, you know, Boss Logic or um, you know, And there's a there's a number of of uh notable artists who, who I think you're doing a signature series cup, you know, you're doing a yellow label for them any at these signings. Why not be also be able to offer uh, a custom label for that particular artist? It, it well, just it's seems good. to be it's not like it's a whole lot of um, setup work for them to do this. These these labels are all digitally printed You know, they come off of a color laser printer, for goodness sake. Um, I don't understand why it's hard to to offer more choices than the the ones that they do. Richard, with the boss logic reference, look at you. <laughs>
0: what is your last piece of your mail.
1: Uh my last piece is from uh OJ Pimson32.
0: Kudos on the name OJ.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um this uh, CBS CBCS new label is an unbelievable unbelievable success if their goal was to inch closer to being a complete CGC knockoff brand. <laughs> Imagine starting a business and, and just doing everything the industry leader is doing, same color labels, same grading scale. You pretty much offer exactly the same product for the same price. Only your service is slower and the resale value is lower. <laughs> what do you think they offer the consumer that CGC doesn't? What's the differenti- What's their differentiation? Uh, what reason are they giving the customer to leave CGC for them? Harder grading. CBCS is McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's CGC is mcdonald's <laughs> if you don't remember, the McDonald reference was from um oh God, what's what was that movie now coming oh to God. america coming to america thank you um cbcs literally has no reason to exist uh, okay um thank you for your comment that's a little harsh um, i've never known an oj
0: to go for the
1: throat <laughs> <laughs> but he has he has some valid points here um it's they will forever be in the shadow of cbc cgc as long as they ape what cgc does because cgc does it first and does it at a bigger scale um they do do some differentiation for example they do uh verified signatures where you don't actually have to be present for the signature for the person to sign the book they will verify the signature and they'll give the book uh, a label and i've used that service for example when i've had j scott campbell covers that were signed I, uh, I would get a green label if I took it into CGC, but I would get a yellow label for CBCS. So they do offer services like that. Um, their cases for a while were really good. Uh, and their, their turnaround time was faster than uh, CGC. Uh, that has changed. CGC has hired more graders, so their turnaround times are back to a, a a normal pace. But yeah, there's there really isn't, It's it's a hard value to, it's a hard sell to favor uh, C, uh, CBCS over CGC, uh, just because CGC does it first, I, I think there's a lot of lot of opportunities, I think they're really missing out on being able to differentiate themselves. Um, it, you know, um, OJ mentioned the grading scale, you know, use the same 10 point grading scale forever. Well, it's an arbitrary scale set up by um, arbitrary people like why can't we have a different scale One one to 100, for example, or a letter grade or anything else that would differentiate from using the exact same scale. Now I understand there's, you know, continuity and, and, and being able to compare two books from two different grading companies. That's great. But as long as you're using that as your scale, you're always going to be an also ran or, you know, someone who follows the the leader. Uh,
0: Do do, do you and OJ know the history of CBCS? Why don't you tell us? Steve Borak created. CBCS, he helped found CBCS. He also, before then was at CGC and he helped create CGC. Mm-hmm. So Steve Borak leaves the company he helped create and launches a competitor that does the same exact thing. That's why it does the same exact thing. Now <laughs> he's, he's left CBCS at this point mm-hmm. now, I believe is a comic link now, but you know, there's a reason why it's such a blatant clone because the same guy did it.
1: Oh, I can under and I can understand the 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 reason why he did it. If if you're a brand new company with no history, um you oh, can yeah. have instant credibility by adopting what your competitors use. That's that's understandable. But it's been this is why we
0: need a disruptor. This is why we need someone new and different to do something new and different. Yes. Uh, but uh on that, do you need to reinvent the wheel? Do you need to come up with a new grading system that's not numbers? Not really. No, I'm
1: just giving you examples of way that ways that you can differentiate. Um, sure. There, there are there are opportunities I think that CBCS can take advantage of. The problem with CGC now is it is a big ship that it's hard to turn turn the uh, the rudder. So a company that's more nimble and can adapt to digital media faster, uh, you know, a variety of things that. Um, CGC just will take a, a decade to be able to change. Um, you have the advantage of being being able to be more nimble and make changes quicker and be able to adopt and, and uh, absorb what the community wants um, at, you know, at a faster pace. And I, I think there's, we you know, we need that differentiator, we need that company to offer that kind of innovation, because eventually that innovation will filter down to see, you know, CGC, it will make it there. But in the meantime, that company who can who can do that innovation will profit, and you know move on to the next innovation. There's there are some I think great opportunities for uh, CBCS or EGs. Um, you know there there are other grading companies out there um, that could could use or could take advantage of that being able to be more nimble and and uh, adaptive than CGC can be.
0: Uh, let's go back to a time before slabs, before anagrams. I don't think anagrams existed, <laughs> <laughs> talking about 25 years ago, with 25 year rule, you know what? I'm wrong. REM, yeah, no anagrams. Wow. REM was around, uh, <laughs> there were anagrams. There were anagrams. Yellow yellow yes uh we are in the 25 year rule we're looking at 1998 25 years ago in the comic book industry kind of a bad patch for comic books here mm-hmm. really bad for image at this point because they they their shine from the early 90s had dulled here we have hell shock number three the third issue of jay lee's creator-owned comic from image comics Issue two of this miniseries came out 11 months. nothing like leaving them wanting more. <laughs> you really wanna see the conclusion of this? You better sit there for 11 months, buddy. This was the second Hellshock series from Jay Lee after a four issue miniseries back in 1994. I just remember the, the hype around Jay Lee around his Namor run. Remember, i don't
1: i don't remember this i was
0: writing namor and jay lee came on i think with issue 25 or 24 and like he was just kind of mike mignola influenced lots of blacks lots of lots of ink on the page mm-hmm. uh he gained a little bit of that shine back a year from now uh with his work in the inhumans uh, marvel nights miniseries with paul jenkins that happened in 1998 hellshock I never read it. Do you read this? No, I have no idea. I have never read I didn't read much image, to be honest with you. you well, know, you know, if you really want to read Hellshock, you can get full runs of both the miniseries on eBay for around 10 bucks, uh, about a dollar and some change a book. Any of you guys read Hellshock? That name sounds 90s to me. Sure does. Blood Hell. <laughs> Shock blood, strike force. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, cyber looked, shock. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, cyber shock. Hold on a second. Hey, it's time for our underrated books of the week. Richard, please get me out of this nineties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, my my pick this week is I picked this solely for the cover. Uh, I is a shameless, shameless cover pick. Uh, it is Action Comics presents Doomsday Special Number One, uh, specifically the Zerdy Supergirl Tattoo Exclusive Copy. Uh, I, I have a picture here of that book. Uh, I found... depressing,
0: huh? It's depressing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, it's it's you know it's Supergirl
1: on the cover, and she's tatted up. She's got she's got full sleeves on both arms. She's got tats of both legs around her belly um she she visited and, and what fascinated me the first thing i thought when i saw her with all these tattoos is what kind of needle did they use to tattoo a kryptonian It had to be some 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 super hard substance um this just a gorgeous you know zerti is known for his um uh let's call them erotic comic book covers and um, this one's kind of tame um this is also one of those, we've got a Virgin and we've got a trade dress, which is a kiss of death to me. I, I usually don't buy them. But here, the Virgin copy is gorgeous. Um, they did, uh, for New York Comic Con, they did a foil. I mean, they're just going the whole gamut here. Um, I, you know, If you want the foil, that's great. And to me, I just love the cover. Um, actually, Nathan Zerti is coming to Akron next weekend. Um, so I'm planning on buying a copy to see if I can get it signed. I need to see if they're doing I don't think they're doing CGC is going to be there, but it'd be nice to be able to see uh if if uh he would sign it for me. Uh you know, you can find copies of this on eBay right now for 30 30 bucks, uh $35. It's it's a it's a it's a new copy, our new book that's out. The foils go for about 40. Uh I, I don't really see this spiking huge, but you know, there's collectors for everything. And I know there's people out there, people out there who collect um um chewing you know bubble gum bubbles there's a whole collect people around that collect things around that you got my friend Forrest who collects um tennis covers you know there's got to be people collecting tattoo covers um it doesn't happen very often you know it's 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 really interesting i found this cover intriguing um i'm going to add a copy to my to my collection of the virgin uh, copy just because i i think it's an interesting the divergence from and I, you know he also did um, there's a power girl not a huge leap for for this uh, topic but there's a power girl three cover you know there's a virgin um, trade dress and foil again uh, of a power girl with tattoos up and down her body so if you're into
0: tattoos it's your lucky day
1: because uh Nathan Zerti is serving them up
0: old man alert old man, <laughs> man alert old man alert <laughs> why is dc approving this this is not on brand this is look at her i mean she's one step she's one face tattoo away from post malone
1: wow john uh you know i i i I used to be in that same 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 world um i think tattoos are more of a personal statement now i've got we were growing up yeah, you do, you do, but I, I, and and you have great tattoos. I, but I think they mean different
0: things for, for. People I'm talking today. about branding. I'm talking mm-hmm. about protecting a brand. Do you, what what is what is Cal going to say when she walks in the room? <laughs> Oh, uh, so are, is there, are you okay for Lobo getting tattoos? Because I'm pretty yeah, sure he is. yeah, he's he's on he, that's on that's on brand. Uh, okay, she's adopted. Let's not be a stereotype. Um, but
1: oh. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. DC does have you know, going want to call it uh, a more wholesome. But again, tattoos aren't tattoos are they're no big deal anymore. My daughter has has a bunch of them. Do we um, want a
0: super girl to be confused with Jenna Jameson? Is what I'm saying. By the way, that is a very dated reference. It is.
1: It is. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Wow. For, for I, those for those of you under the age of of thirty, Jenny uh, look Wikipedia. Look up Jenna Jameson. <laughs> don't is, go to don't go to Google
0: looking it up. Go to Wikipedia. Just, just go to Google at work and type in Jenna Jameson. Please don't. Please, Let please me know me. how that goes for you. Uh, I, you know, not for nothing uh, to complete, to take this back onto the rails. I think this is the first time we've had two DC books in the underrated books of the week. Wow. My underrated book of the week is DC Comics Presents number 97 uh, Superman and the Final Chapter of the Phantom Zone Criminals. This was the last issue of the long-running DC Superman uh, team-up title. This was canceled to make way for the big John Byrne reboot in 1986. Here he is again, twice in one show. Steve Gerber wrote this along with Rick Veach uh, on the art. Now, this was the same month as Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow by Alan Moore in yeah. Superman in Action Comics. And those get all the attention, but this book, is very similar in tone it's kind of like a final story um it's an imaginary tale where the phantom zone criminals get a bit of revenge thanks to a certain interdimensional imp who i don't want to spoil it for you i'm not going to say his name forwards <laughs> forward or backwards uh again lots of similarities between this and the alan moore story comic book scavenger this is an underrated book that i'm picking not because it's valuable but because i want you to read it I think this one gets forgotten a bit and it shouldn't be it is a great read uh you can grab a copy easily on ebay for one to four bucks it's Mm -hmm. worth it it's worth more than four dollars if you ask me the last sale for a cgc 9.8 was in january of this year for 150 dollars richard i know you've read the alan moore ones have you read this one yes i have not i have not (sighs) out The only way you can get forgiveness is if you go get Tinker Balls right now and bring him on camera.
1: Uh, all right. Hold on. Let me go grab him.
0: Bam! There he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He loves his daddy.
1: Look at that. He does. He doesn't mind laying on his back.
0: This is – all of us on this podcast have raised this cat together. <laughs> listen to that kitty motor purr everybody thanks for joining us uh make sure you like us on facebook and instagram for more cat picks and uh make sure you like this hit subscribe and we will catch you next time everybody stay safe bye tinky